WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote, and I cannot believe that this is the first time that I have said those words in that order in like two months. Matt, what have we been doing with our lives? Well, we've kept the faith alive with our WMQ Presents podcasts. We've been experimenting with some different models, including our son, where we take a single character and talk about him for an hour, Mother Box Memories, a deep dive into Jack Kirby's New Gods, Animated Discussions, a look at DC's animated films, and For the Children, about all ages comics. Uh, well, that certainly sounds like enough content to ward away any feelings of creeping existential dread. Uh, anyway, yeah, we are back on our old bullshit, uh, talking to creators about comics, dogs, cats, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and uh, whatever else we can cram into an hour. Uh, so, and this week, we welcome back returning guest, friend of the show, fellow New Jerseyan, Rich Dweck. Rich, how you doing? Uh, doing all right. Uh, all things considered, you know, <laughs> we're uh, happy and healthy, so relatively happy. I mean, you know, be happier if uh, the world was uh, in a better place. But, uh, you know, we're all good out here and, uh, you know, uh, things could be a lot worse. So can't complain. How about you guys? Uh, we're, we're, we're all right. We're, all, we're doing all right. <laughs> Plugging yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you're here uh, because, and, and once again, God, it feels good to say this, uh, you've got a comic coming out. Uh, it's it's called Sea of Sorrows. It's from IDW. You're working with Alex Cormack again, your partner on Road of Bones. And mm-hmm. uh, real quick, uh, for those who may not be familiar, I'll just read the, the solicit text to save you the trouble. Uh, in the aftermath of the Great War, the North Atlantic is ripe for plunder by independent salvage crews. When a former naval officer hires the SS Vagabond, he leads the ship to a sunken U-boat and a fortune in gold. Tensions mount as the crew prepares to double-cross each other, but the darkness of the ocean floor holds deeper terrors than any of them have bargained for. Uh, so what is, what's the origin story for, uh, for this book? Uh, how long have you had it in the hopper? Well, I, you know, when we, when we first pitched uh, Road of Bones to IGW, there was like... Uh, just kind of a, a little discussion like towards the end where you know we were saying that if uh if it was all well received that you know we, we'd like to kind of do some more stories um in in the horror vein and you know luckily uh people did seem to dig road of bones and idw is very happy with how it did so uh i think maybe right around the time we were wrapping up uh, issue four, which was the final issue, Alex and I started talking about uh, what we wanted to do next. And um, one of the things that he said was that he he had uh, always wanted to do something, do a book that was set uh, on the ocean and like and uh, underneath as well, because like he was really wanted to start wanted to draw like uh, some like sharks and sea life and stuff like that. So we started. Uh, kicking some ideas back and forth about um uh what we could do and i think you know we didn't really want to do a sequel to road of bones where that like picked up with the same characters and stuff like that both of us felt the same way where we we really liked uh the way it ended and we didn't want to do the whole kind of uh you know, a horror movie sequel where you explain everything that happened, then it winds up making everything like uh, feel a little bit like lamer. So, um, so what we did was we we just sat down and we were we were talking about what 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 did we love about doing Road of Bones, and we loved the aspect of uh, doing something historical. We loved the idea of blending uh, a historical, a horrific period in history with the supernatural element as well taking place during there. So we just started thinking of, uh, what were some other, um, what were some other, what were some scenarios that we could, we could build a story around that dealt with water. And I had happened to be reading a bit about, um, U boats and, uh, the, the naval warfare aspect in in World War Two and World War One, and, and it was just pretty interesting to me uh, to to set something uh, having to do do with that. It seemed like a really good fit, so that's that's kind of where we uh, came up with it. Now, 
you you know you said you were interested in you know sticking with that sort of historical horror mm-hmm. theme um but what interests me specifically is that both road of bones and sea of sorrows aren't necessarily war stories there's plenty mm-hmm. of war stories but these are stories that are set in the aftermath of mm-hmm. war, dealing with the repercussions what do you makes that a fertile vein of storytelling well, I think it, it, it's it's the idea that um, war kind of or, or like living through those times kind of leaves uh, leaves an impression on you and 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 can psychologically scar you. And I think it, it, it's it's we sort of take things like uh, the fact that like PTSD exists and is a valid psychological condition now but like in the in the past you know they would write it off as like uh, battle fatigue or or you know shell shock they used to call it and uh, i mean there there's this whole uh scene in uh the movie there's this uh movie from the 70s called Patton, uh mm-hmm. and there, there's a whole scene in Patton where, where general Patton visits uh an infirmary and he sees he he He's talking to a soldier who's uh, shell shocked, uh, you know, traumatized, and he basically dresses him down and and uh, and and berates him and calls him a coward and things like that. And you know, I, I think it's just there's this sort of like psychological dimension to living through these like horrific periods that uh, is just kind of fertile ground for examining. Um, I don't know, just something about the darkness of, uh, of the human psyche that uh, you wouldn't really get the same effect uh, in uh, if, if you were setting it like right right in the thick of things. Because I think in the thick of things, it's like uh, there's a lot of uh, more immediate concerns. You know, like uh, if you're in the middle of a war, it's like you're, you're, you've got a mission or you're trying to survive or uh, a lot of these kind of like uh, things don't really spool out like in your head and, and until you have a little bit of distance from them and time to reflect if you can even do that you know mm-hmm. so there, there are no atheists in foxholes <laughs> atheists after you think back on the foxhole exactly you know i mean maybe not exactly but but definitely something something along those lines where it's like um i think it's it's kind of interesting to me to, to get a little distance from the actual events because the the other thing is that um when, when we're talking about like i think examining like the the toll it has on, on a person uh it, it's like I, I, if i was gonna set it in the middle of world war one or world war two it's you know you kind of i think the big events of the, of the war happening threatened to kind of take take the focus off of uh the like the psychological story that that we're like trying to tell or that that at least that dimension of it you know mm-hmm. uh so this is this is you know your second book with alex after mm-hmm. road of bones uh you know obviously you guys dig working with each other you know what's what's i guess what's the dynamic like now between you two that kind of separates it, but you know, from when you're working with, with other artists. Well, I think when we were, we were doing road of bones together, it was the first time we worked together. So, um, we were still kind of getting to know each other and as far as like how we work and he was getting to know the way I write scripts and I'm uh, getting to know the way he, um, would interpret the things I, I was writing and it went really well and i'm not sure i'm not saying that it was rough but it was just um it was just there's a, a, a familiarity now where we we um we it, it, things are a lot even more smooth than they were because we, we know where each other are, are coming from and you know i can i can think of something and 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 uh be a little more um I guess like what's a good word for it conversational or candid and my scripts like the like the script is like a little bit um more 
maybe intimate is a word. I don't know. It's like, it's more like kind of addressed directly to Alex. Like, you know, Hey Alex, like, you know, here, here's what I'm, what I'd love to see here. Things like that, where, um, I think the road of bone scripts were, um, a little more, um, kind of like would, would have been able to like plug into like different artists, like, like not specifically Alex where just because, uh, when I when I when I wrote the first one, it, it was even before I had, had settled on an artist, so it was um, it was just a little more um, I want to say like broad, I guess. And then you know, but we've, we're kind of like dialed into like how each other how, how we each do our jobs. So I think we're uh, we're just a lot more kind of communicative and 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 more efficient in how we how we uh, collaborate. That's great. Um, I read somewhere that uh, Alex, uh, you know, and you touched on this a little bit already, but Alex said uh, it's a sequel to Road of Bones in the same way that Hot Fuzz is a sequel to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, similarities in approach and theme, but not the same, you know, characters. Right. Uh, it begs the question, though, is there a threequel to this uh, Dwight Cormac Cornetto trilogy? And if so, what's the color scheme we should be looking for? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you know, there, there's plans, there's, there's nothing definite in this world, but I would say the, uh, color scheme we'd we'd be looking for would be green, Mm. green Mm. and red. Cause there's always red in these stories. Cause you know, (laughs) things do get bloody, but, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't mean like green and red and like Christmas time, but yeah, I'd say uh, green, green is like the going to be the theme or or at least the uh the setting of uh of the next one so it won't be the the war against santa no 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 oh, okay like <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a grim and gritty retelling of santa claus conquers the martians <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would watch that show <laughs> <laughs> um so you know the the big question is i you know i i, I obviously things are very fluid right now uh Mm -hmm. looking at previews diamond is showing as a release a release date for this book of august 12th does that does that sound right based on your information you know or are things still very much kind of in in play i i think things are are still a little bit in play like I, i i can't you know confirm or deny like a date or i it's just you know, I think everybody, mm-hmm. and 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 I just do want to say unequivocally, like IDW has been great throughout all this. They've they've been super supportive and and uh, very um, open about uh, keeping us informed about what's going on. It's just uh, for you know for about a month there, it's like they didn't know what was going on because. You know, and Diamond didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. So it was kind of very hard to schedule um, something concrete. Where if I had said like, you know, hey, when do you guys think it's coming out? And they're like, you know, we're waiting for to for a date for when Diamond comes back. And and then there's a lot of things that you know they need to take into account that I think every publisher is trying to take into account because they don't want to sort of. Um, flood the market with with stuff because then um you know because then it's 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 sort of like if there's too much stuff out there nobody's going to buy enough of any of it to uh (laughs) you know to make it worthwhile so so i think they're, they're trying to sort of stagger things with um you know, I, I like Marvel's doing it, DC's doing it, and 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 I think everybody else is sort of like following along where where we can just sort of like have some stuff out there and get people excited again, and then as things kind of slowly, hopefully, move back to normal, then we'll you know see kind of like release schedules comparable to what we had before, but. You know, I think from IDW's perspective, and it's something that we agree with. It's like they don't want to like kind of shove Rose of Bones out there. I mean, shove uh, Sea of Sorrows out there and have it be kind of lost in this glut of uh, things that were supposed to come out 
beforehand on top of things that were are new and, and things like that. So I think on their end, they're, they're trying to figure out what the best time frame to put it out in. But, you know, I mean, it's definitely coming out. It's, it's, it's just a matter of like finding the, you know, the date that is going to work best for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was no, I mean, for this series, there was no pause. I mean, you guys kept working on it, right? That, that's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. We've been working on it. Uh, like I, I think we, we, we kind of, um, we probably slowed down the schedule a little bit from as far as like getting pages done and things like that. We, we, we slowed down the schedule a little bit from, from what we, would have done if if we were completely on but we never stopped like uh you know alex hasn't stopped drawing i haven't stopped writing so it's just sort of like you know alex is trying to use the time take take a little bit more time on some of the pages uh, you know um and not uh kind of uh uh killing himself to like reach a deadline or something it was just sort of like we we treated it as if we had like you know an extra month and a half in, in our timeline. So, yeah. Uh, you know, when, when this all started going down in late March and, and there was uncertainty and there were shops shutting down and then diamond, you know, what was that period like from, from your perspective when you started kind of seeing this go down you were like, uh, you know, all right, what, <laughs> what, what happens to my thing now? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really, you know, um, kind of disheartening and like upsetting in a lot of ways. Not, not that like, I'm like, not that there's anybody to like blame, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it is what it is. And it's bigger than like, uh, the world or anything, but you just sort of like, it's just sort of this feeling like, Oh God, you know, it's like, like just when things were like starting to come together, now like i have to deal with this and it just feels like you know bad luck bad timing i don't know what but like you know it's just you sort of like or at least i was just sort of feeling like um a little kind of like discouraged because like i've been like working pretty hard to like put out new books and and build like a a career as a writer and then all of a sudden like you know everything went away like over the course of a month and and like you gotta kind of you gotta hope that it's gonna come back in some way shape or form and it's not like i'm gonna stop writing you know i mean if 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 like let's say worst case scenario the, the comics industry took a nosedive and like every comic store closed and every publisher shut down like i, I would just start doing uh kickstarters again or something mm-hmm. you know I, i'd find a way to get get my work out there but it's just um you know i think like whether uh whether it's um you know who knows like how helpful or not it is but i think there is kind of like when, when you're doing this sort of thing there's a feeling of momentum you know like like oh yeah i'm putting new stuff out and pitching new stuff and things like that and and it's like you kind of feel like you're building towards something and then to have it all like hit a brick wall uh you know it's 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 a blow it's like it's you're just like fuck you know (laughs) you you know you sort of feel like um i don't know like it, it almost like feels like a joke or something like 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 a cosmic joke but you know that was like kind of like the initial shock and then once that kind of wore off and you know you actually start talking to people you know talking to the publishers i'm working with talking to other creators who are all going through the same thing and then you Mm -hmm. just realize that like everybody's all in the same boat and it's not um you know god pushing his thumb down on on your head specifically you know what i mean mm-hmm. um or, or or something like that you know it's it's not like you know the universe like screwing you over specifically it, it that that just kind of helps and you know over the i would say like I, I probably had a couple of weeks where i was just really not feeling productive at all and and not um not feeling great and then um 
you know, I just kind of worked through it. So I'm in a pretty good, good place now, you know, like still working, still, um, on like stuff that on Sea of Sorrows, on, on Gunner Magic, and then also on, um, you know, stuff that I would like to get going once things get going again. So, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, like I said, yeah, I, I think it was just like, it, it was kind of like a, like, um, you know, you're riding your bike and, and you fall off and you're like for a minute there, like, ah, my knee, <laughs> you know, like, but then you get up and, you know, get back on the bike. So, well, you, you did say, uh, one of the magic words in, in, in all of this, uh, gutter magic, smoke and mirrors has come out, uh, mm-hmm. from source, source point. So that, you know, that had to feel like a, a, a ray of light in, in all of this, I imagine. Yeah, it was good. I mean, and, and I think it, it kind of just, it, it, it's, it speaks to the kind of like the difference, like source points, like a different company mm-hmm. than, uh, than IDW. They, they do things like on like sort of a different scale. They, they've, they, they're, um, and a different, uh, model. Like, I mean, they're, it's not like they had an easy time either. Like source point, is huge into um, convention sales and Mm -hmm. there's not any conventions going on. So those sales are not happening, but again, to their credit, they've been very like transparent and very, um, you know, supportive of like trying to get this stuff done. And they've never been as reliant on, on diamond as some other publishers. So diamond not being there as a distributor didn't affect them as much. So, you know, it was great great to have the books come out uh, you know the only um kind of like bad part about it is that like a lot of a lot of stores are just like flat out closed and then yeah. they can't you know so it's like they're not ordering stuff anyway so but again it's like having having this stuff out there means that and like when when they do open up it'll be there ready for them if they're interested in it you know like you can mm-hmm. you can still like uh if you're you can still order it you know, tell, tell your story, like when, when they're back that, that you want it and, you know, we'll get it to them. So, so it was good though. You know, it, it, it's nice to just sort of like have something come out and be, you know, people be excited about it and stuff. Like, uh, I was really excited to get back to that, um, that whole series. It was like, uh, writing, right. Writing the, uh, getting back to writing those characters was a lot of fun after not having touched them for a few years, you know, it was kind of like, um, getting back into, uh, comfortable pair of jeans or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it was just, just a lot of fun. Uh, for those out there who haven't read, Gutter Magic. I, I read it when it first came out from IDW back in 2016. That's right in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Uh, you want to just throw the elevator pitch for the the universe and then a little bit about sure. the new series? Sure. Okay, so um, so the universe of Gutter Magic is um, it, it, it's our world where um, somewhere around World War II uh, wizards uh, you know came out of out of the woodwork to fight on both sides and, and the the war became less of a war of conventional weapons and more of a war of of magic uh and um i would say kind of like probably like the difference between gutter magic and a lot of um other uh urban fantasies is that the wizards and the goblins and elves and everybody there it's just out in the open because this is like modern times and then that's the deviation so now you've got um this manhattan where uh full of like magical towers dragons flying around and uh dogs and cats and orcs and elves all living together pandemonium Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh the main character is this guy uh his name's uh cinder burns and he's his grandfather was a hero of the war a wizard and everyone in his family is a famous wizard and he can't do magic so the original gutter magic series was about his quest to um both figure out why he can't do magic and actually start to be able to do it and not spoil anything but the quest is successful at the end of the first series he 
does uh, kind of unlock his powers. And Smoke and Mirrors is sort of about, is about, I would say, the realization that um, learning about something and actually having to do it are two completely different things. So since he, he's been obsessed with doing magic all his life and, and studied it and studied it, and now that he can actually do it, he's learning. It's, it's like, oh, no, you're not like an instant expert just because you've been studying it for a while. It's like this is the real world. And there's, you know, there's um, not only uh, your own powers that you're going to have to deal with. It's like you, you've kind of like started playing the game at a different level that you may not be prepared for. So this sort of like... Um, one of the things in Smoke and Mirrors was that when Cinder didn't do magic, he was sort of considered uh, off the table as far as certain enemies of his family were concerned. But now that it, now that it, they learn that he can do magic, it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's fair game. So complicates his life, as is often happens in these stories and <laughs> and uh yeah it's, it's it's been a lot of fun to like revisit this kind of like uh in the timeline of the world this takes place about six months or so after uh after the first series ends so very cool yeah uh so uh we mentioned in the beginning you know you're in new jersey uh like us uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh more cracked down upon shelter in placey uh, states mm-hmm. during this whole thing. Um, do you have a, a home base comic shop or, or shops that you know you lost access to during this time? Yeah, I do. Um, my, my comic shop that I go to is a lot is uh, Eastside Mags in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm really friendly with uh, with Jeff, the owner. I live live pretty close. Um, and I mean the 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 good thing about it is that. Um, he's been able to kind of stay open as far as like fulfilling um uh mail order and and curbside stuff um you know he obviously doesn't have new comics to sell but what i've been trying to do is um catch up on on things that uh i've been meaning to check out um for a while and uh you know order like uh, a couple of things from him like you know every week or so like you know just something something new to read um and he's also um i think like one of the great things with east side mags is they're very it's a very kind of uh community-based store so they have a lot of events Mm -hmm. like um they'll do like magic the gathering and they'll do uh drawing classes and they do um uh dungeons and dragons and things like that so I have an 11 year old son. He's been like curious about uh, doing D and D because he knew knows it's something that I've been into. So um, what they started doing was running D and D sessions over Zoom, which uh, we we we've been doing that the past couple of weeks, and that's been a lot of fun too. Um, you know, an adjustment, but uh, mm-hmm. but still still a ton of fun so you know it, it, it's like i love jeff i love east side magazine and it's a store i'd really uh, hate to see go away so i just doing the best i can to just um help them out any way i can if it's like even if it's just you know putting in an order like you know every time I, every time i can mm-hmm. um and just um you know letting other people know that they're you know as open as they can be, you know, they still have like product and then still have like stuff you can get. So, so, you know, uh, I think, I think he's doing okay though. Like, uh, every time we talk, he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, in like good spirits about like how things are going. So, you know, I think hopefully it can only get better now that, uh, things are like loosening up a little bit and, and new comics are coming in. Definitely. Uh, my, uh, my shop, which is uh, level up down in uh, Mays Landing, they, uh, they're, they're starting to, to do mail order uh, again now that we're getting to March, uh, May 20th. And uh, I actually just got my books from March 25th because they shut down uh, mm. the week of the 18th. Uh, they sent those out this week. So it, was, it, just, it felt good to, to have 
you know, product in my, you know, physical product mm-hmm. in my, uh, in my hands again. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I read some stuff digital, but it's generally, it's like, you know, it's, uh, when I, when I don't have a choice, like, like given the choice, I, I just, I'm like a book guy. Like I, I like, you know, paging through things and, and, yeah. and the feel of it. So, so I'm definitely like, uh, really excited to just like be able to get like uh some actual issues and 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 trades and things like that like in my hands so (laughs) um yeah yeah i i got one book that had been shorted that last week of march 25th in the mail (laughs) not too long ago and made a night bought basically a gift certificate large enough to pay for what would be my average month at my shop last week with things starting up just so, you know, my Bob who owns Stormwatch comics down in West Berlin is like, this is my faith that we're you know, we're making it through this now here. Basically let me pre-order the next month's worth of books just mm-hmm. so you've got that money up front to help with whatever is going to be rolling in soon. And granted since books are going to be coming out fewer and far between, it'll probably be a little more than a month, but mm-hmm. It's still, you know, that I figured that was a way that we I could try to help a retailer, you know, have that little bit of capital. Yeah. And yeah, no, it, it's great. And I think it's like it's one of those things where like, you know, it's like if you do that and like 10 other people do that, it's like, you know, it, it's it, it does make a difference like for the retailers, you know, like I mean, I did. um there was uh some auctions for the uh this like um a lot of it was it was called creators for comics or it was yeah. Uh, a bunch, yeah so i mean i did one where i uh i was doing uh i, I did like a full set of road of bones signed and, and some gutter magic like rare stuff that i i dug up signed and stuff and I, you know I, I think i raised around maybe like 150 or like 200 which is not like a ton but like it, it, you know going into the pot with like everything else like hopefully it'll it'll have like uh, some effect and like help help um, help a couple of stores out so you know it's just uh, I love comic stores so basically like anything anything I could do to help them out I'm, I'm willing to do <laughs> Uh, on, on that note, uh, you're you're listed as being involved with the uh, Comics Industry Collective, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Leah Williams and Vita Ayala's project, where they cataloged comic shops that are open or have adapted their services to, you know, keep selling. What's been kind of your your contribution to that? Um, well, for that, um, a lot of it was is uh, was kind of like getting organized and uh, finding shops that uh, needed that actually like we're do- we're doing we're, we're trying to stay open during the um during the shutdown and and what they were offering so what we would do there were a lot of uh threads that uh popped up where you know i think like gail simone had one scott snyder had one where it was like you know hey if you're a store that needs help let us know and, and i think like one of the biggest challenges of comics industry collective was we're like there's like all this info out there and then there's no kind of like central place um for someone who's interested to, to go and 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 figure it out without having to comb through like all these like twitter threads where people are replying back and forth so, so you know we a lot of it was the kind of unsexy work of uh just like <laughs> like building a database of like you know okay well this store is here and this is their phone number and this is their address and they are offering curbside but they're not doing mail or you know like kind of like filling all that stuff out so trying to help with that um basically like everybody that was there leanne vita uh included you know like kind of like everyone would like take a shift where like you know we would like go like we would find a thread and just go through it for like an hour and then hand off to like somebody else. Um, and then there was other stuff where, um, you know, uh, in my day job, I work in advertising. So mm-hmm. I have, um, a little bit of experience, um, writing things like, um, like, uh, ads and press releases and things like that. So, um, 
I was working with uh, Elliot Rahal and uh, Justin Richards um, uh, to just sort of um, have create press releases that people could use for local newscasts and, and things like that, where if, um, or like that a store could use where if, uh, you know, you wanted to do something like with, with like some local, like, like say like I'm in Montclair, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So if, if I contact like the Montclair, I want to contact the Montclair times, but I've never reached out to like a press, um, press outlet before just just you know we're just sort of like trying to like make some templates just to streamline it and make it a little bit easier but um yeah i think i think it was just a lot of us kind of coming together and and just concerned you know and it's not all it's not all like um you know we're trying to do a good thing but like we also realize that it's like you know it's like it's it's good for us too because it's like we we're making comics and and comic stores sell those comics so like we we needed to kind of felt like we needed to really get together and 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 do something to to try to help you know so um i don't don't think any anybody was really kind of doing it for um uh like uh to get our names out there as people who who were trying to help but at the same time it's like you need you sort of like need to put your face behind it otherwise it's it's just sort of like oh who are these people you know like uh you know it it gives it like a little bit of like legitimacy to to see leah and see vita Mm -hmm. and uh, everybody else that was uh kind of being a face of it but there there's there are a ton of people involved that are just not even um like named in the on the website or anywhere else it's just everybody's just trying to do their best to help out yeah i mean i mean just look looking at, at all those names you know leah vita you you mentioned elliot ray hall justin richards uh you know these were these were people that i kind of already had the you know was of the opinion oh these are very good people in, you know in, in comics not just good at comics but you know i mean like you know as human beings and it, you know it just this this does really kind of seal uh seal that so it's some of the the sort of grassroots you know activism and fundraising that that that's you know come out of this horrible thing has been you know heartening in the face of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's sort of like um, it, it, it's hard times, and, and and but that it's it's also kind of like when when you kind of learn like the metal of like of people, you know, like yeah. it, it, it's something. It's like it, you you see it's you could see it as like kind of an opportunity to rise to the occasion, and that's all I think we're trying to do is just you know it's like we need help we're gonna do do our best to help so and that's all that's you know that's it's like as simple and as complicated as that (laughs) (laughs) so um just thinking about you know again advertising background if if i'm a, a comic shop and i'm sort of in the next couple of weeks, I'm in the fortunate position where I can start to, to open up and operate safely. You know, what is, what's the first thing or, or like the simple thing that I can do right away to let people know, Hey, we're still here. You know, we're making things as safe as possible for you. We'd really mm-hmm. still like your business, please. And thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think like the, the, the important thing is to kind of, be in touch with your your regular customers and your core customers and let them know exactly what's going on because though like i think it's it's going to take a while and not everywhere because everywhere is different but i think it's it's probably going to take a little while for the sort of um the walk-in business to come back you know Mm -hmm where people are kind of comfortable just sort of strolling into a store and browsing around. I feel like, like a lot of people now when they're going to the store, it's just, I need something. I'm going to go boom in and out, you know? So I think, (laughs) uh, but what uh, a lot of comic stores have is, you know, that you have like regulars, you have people with your pull boxes, even if they don't have a pull box, you have people that 
you know you're used to seeing like every week and i think it, it those are kind of like the like your base and your and your core customers and i think anything you can do to um kind of let them know what's going on and let them know that uh you know they can come back and then they're going to be safe and, and things like that i think that's really important so if um you know if i was a store and i had like my email list of, of, of my customers or, um, you know, if I had the time, maybe I'd start calling them, you know what I mean? Like, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, just sort of like, like kind of be in touch with like those people. And, um, I think that's kind of like, you know, when you're, if you're, you're trying to build back up, it's like, that's where you like start laying your first bricks. And then, you know, in, in terms of like the larger kind of, uh, community, I think, you know, like, like, I think, like, one thing you can do is just sort of, you know, if, if people are home and they have a lot of time on their hands and they're getting bored of watching TV and, and watching movies and things like that, like, hey, remember comic books? We still have those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe, maybe you get something for your kids or something like that. Like, um, I think like one thing Jeff was doing uh, for Eastside Mags that was amazing was uh, he was he was doing uh, these like weekly uh, drop-offs where he would drop off comics to um, local daycares uh, where the kids were the kids that were in the daycare were kids of um, essential workers like people who weren't able to stay home so they mm-hmm. had to put their kids in daycare so it's just um, you know, I think things like that, where you're sort of reminding your community and you're being a part of your community and you're helping out and you're sort of like saying like, Hey, we're still here. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you, if you, um, I think with a lot of things like this, if you kind of, um, give people a story to tell, like they'll tell it, like, you know, what's what's not to love about giving comics to the kids of of essential workers you know it's it's great and it it was featured in you know uh like local news and things like that and and i think just all that you know it just helps you know so i i i would say like you know think like think think small you know like like think think about your community and and your regulars and and like you know if you want to expand your community it's like you know think about like your your like local thing and like what you could do with that like you know is your it's going to be different for everybody because every locality is you know kind of dealing with this in their own way but you know I, i think um i think shops have kind of in a weird way kind of a a great opportunity to um really show the value of like of comics as like something that people might enjoy or or in 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 a time when we're all consuming (laughs) like more (laughs) entertainment and media than ever because we're all stuck home you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um so i think you know that's that's what i would do was I, i would i would just try to start figuring out ways i could i could reach out to uh you know and maybe help out uh locally that's great and get people talking um all right let's do a fun question now (laughs) (laughs) so swords are hot right now you've got the Mm -hmm. the final fantasy 7 remake you got this this x-men sword crossover coming out how yep. long does it take the head taker from the Wailing Blade to slaughter his way through Krakoa? Because we know you're going to say he's going to win. Uh, oh, and yeah, which, yeah. And which mutant puts up the best fight? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, uh, it probably takes him, for all of Krakoa, you know, week, two weeks. Okay. I don't know. All right. Demanding, you know, because there's a lot of mutants there, you know. That's but, true. Uh, there, there's a lot of mutants. And as far as, like, who puts up the worst, the biggest fight, hmm, it's tough, you know, because it's like, uh, can you decapitate Wolverine? I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. you got to get through that animantium uh, uh, 
skull. So you know, you know, he's going to put up a good fight. You know, Apocalypse is going to put up a good fight. Yep. Um, magic. You know, she's got the soul soul sword. Mm-hmm. She'll put up a really good fight. So I don't know, like Magneto. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I I, I would say. <laughs> Off the top of my head, probably Apocalypse, just because he's Apocalypse, you know. But he came by that name for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not like picnic or barbecue or something <laughs> or some nice event. He's he's the Apocalypse. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty confident saying saying that. But uh, but yeah no I mean swords big swords or or you know they're having a moment they they you know? really are <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean that's another thing that like uh, I've been talking to Joe lately like we're mm-hmm. we're talking about um, like Wailing Blade because we, we really want to get a trade out there and um, we're talking about you know things we could do like where we could take the story if we were to continue it um, so. You know, just plan, planning. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, what have you What have you been reading during uh, during this time? I've been like uh, reading like some like older stuff that uh, I've had around and, and just sort of never kind of uh, it, you know like I buy a lot of books and then I'll just sort of like like. Uh, put it on a shelf and be like, I got to read that. And then, uh, you know, forget about it. Um, but, uh, a couple that uh, are kind of standing out to me over the past couple of weeks that I've read and really enjoyed are, uh, Michael Fife's uh, book, Copra. I don't mm. know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's on really my good. to read list. It's good. It's really good. It's, it's total like love letter to uh, the suicide squad. Um, and it's, uh, you know, just done really well. Um, it's another one. Uh, I, I got, uh, um, X-Men Grand Design. Um, nice. That's, uh, that's one that like I've been wanting to check out for a long time because I was a big fan of uh hip hop family tree. Mm-hmm. Um, read that. Hot and uh, it's it's just a trip seeing him do like all the X Men characters. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I picked up uh, Graham Morrison's uh, Nameless. That that's that was really good. Uh, good kind of cosmic horror. Uh, Grant Morrison mind fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, always. Uh, uh, you know. Always one of my favorites to get mind fucked by Grant Morrison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and like, and, and then just like uh, catching up on some stuff that uh, friends of wrote. Like, um, I got uh, the trade for um, uh, Canto. Uh, mm-hmm. It's another IDW book from uh, uh, my friends uh, David Boer and uh, Drew Zucker. Uh, it's a great book, like an all ages kind of. Uh, fairy tale adventure um i uh been following along but i just you know wanted to like reread it like all at once and uh yeah it's a great book um yeah then uh i don't know odds and ends here and there mm-hmm. but um but yeah that's kind of basically what i've been doing and i'm also trying to catch up on um on some of the x stuff that i had I'd fallen a little bit behind on like so i was like the new Wolverine and uh, New Mutants and um, and uh, Excalibur, like, uh, or a couple that I had just sort of like had I've had I had them like like in a stack, but and uh, hadn't read them, so I'm uh, just like kind of getting through them all now. Time enough at last. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But uh, Rich, as as we're wrapping up, uh, how can people uh, support you and find your work right now? Uh, okay, well, if you, yeah, I mean, you can always uh, find me on Twitter um, uh, at rduek. Um, also on Instagram under there. Um, on Facebook, it's uh, 
it's uh, Rich Dueck, and uh, that's basically like the place to find, um, you know, like news and, and things like that. Um, I have a newsletter uh, where I, I try to keep people up to date with uh, what's going on and give them free previews and stuff like that. Um, that's at my site, uh, which is rdueck.com slash newsletter you can sign up um I'm, i send them out like maybe once every couple of weeks and try and do it weekly but that's a little bit ambitious so i don't know it's semi bi-weekly <laughs> <laughs> at this point but uh but i do try to like give a little bit extra to the people who um sign up to the newsletter in terms of like uh you know free previews and and and, and news and things like that and then you know, like uh, you can always, if you if you have a comic store, you can uh, pre-order my stuff. You can order Gutter Magic right now. You can tell them that you want CSROs Sorrows uh, when it's coming out, or my uh, back catalog stuff like Wailing Blade, Road of Bones, the original Gutter Magic. They're all available. If you're into digital, they're also all on Comicsology. Uh, I have a pretty unique name. It's a little hard to spell, D O U E K. But if you do, <laughs> if you spell it right. And 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 have comics. If you're like Duet Comics, then you know there's not any other Duet in comics that I'm aware of. So you know uh, <laughs> you'll, you should be able to find find the stuff fairly easily on uh, any platform. <laughs> All right, Rich. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, and uh, we look forward to uh, reading CSROs when it comes out. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I'll definitely keep. Uh, keep you guys and, and everyone else posted as, as soon as I know uh, concretely like uh, as soon as I have the date so I do appreciate uh, coming on and talk about it uh, well Matt we've had a lot of fun but that is it for this week's show as always you can listen to WMQ Presents on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, SoundCloud and at WMQComics.com when new episodes move on Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ Presents and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice and a two dollar donation gets you a free random comic book in the mail from my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Young Ones podcast, Robert Secundus from DocsHawks at XavierFiles.com, Scott Madrinsky from MojoWorks.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider-Woman series, and Saren. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote. And me at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox, plus sneaks peeks at what's ahead and an early look at our weekly editorial. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next week. WMQA!